Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. We're recycling today. One, two, How's it going, everybody? Welcome to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU football, the Big 12 Conference, and ending up in the same place you started. I'm Joel Bracken at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Pinto at Game Day Shorts. And we're here to talk about the number one ranked Mountaineer soccer team today. I'm just <laughs> kidding. This is a football podcast, an American football podcast. And we're going to talk about the Mountaineers, uh, which is a little difficult. We're recording on a Monday. Um, and a couple a couple days of digest. Uh, where are we at, Jordan? Are we are we still standing, or, or where, where are we? How are we feeling? Right, right back where we started, man. You you said it extremely well. It just it feels like you know we're we're riding high at four and one. Um, feels like we've cleaned up a lot of the issues of the previous four years. Right, we're playing clean football. We're not making mistakes. Two games, two games later, man, it's like shit. A lot can change in ten days. You know, because it feels like all that goodwill is undone. Um, we, we are making the same mistakes again, all the shit that we thought we fixed, we clearly haven't fixed. Um, you know, I think my, I'm going to give my buddy Andy a shout out. I think he said, said it best. I got a text at like eight o'clock on Saturday night. This is basically like, you know, like we were catching a punt with the lead and the momentum in the fourth quarter. And now I'm just sitting here on my couch like an hour later and the fucking season's over, you know? And it's just, I thought that pretty much clocked it. So how are you, uh, yeah. how you feeling? Man, it stinks. Um, yeah, it's been a tough two weeks. Um, it's hard to to go from 
you know, I, I think nobody was like, there was no disbelief that we were blowing teams out and we were, we were, you know, set to win all these games, but we were finding ways and we were avoiding the things that uh, shot us in the foot, you know, over the last handful of years. Um, and then, you know, it, it is very much like narrative driven where it's like, if you win this game, you overlook the things that go wrong, but when you lose it, it really highlights all those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was some, some dumb, dumb stuff that happens down the stretch and, you know, you get a 30 yard penalty, you get a running into your own punter or running into your own you know punt returner. Uh, your defense just decides to fold over and allow 150 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of things that leave you scratching your head. And it's just like, you know, what are we, what are the pieces you're picking up after this? Because, uh, whereas the Houston game, you're like, that was a fluke, crazy wild ending. And, you know, feels like we probably should have come out of there with a win. This one is like, you got beat going away. Like you were, had the lead with like 10 minutes to go and we're getting the ball and everything that transpired after that, like you got run out at home. Uh, it's just tough. Yeah, there's 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 not a whole lot um, that's fluky about about nine carries for 149 yards and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, is there? I mean, that just kind of you know doesn't doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. Um, it was it was as bad as it sounds. You know, I think what did he what did he end up with? Twenty twenty nine for two eighty two and four tutties. I mean, yep, average nine point seven. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's disgusting. The stat line, I would have been, you know, that's like a stat line. I'd I'd have been happy with that in NCAA football, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. We, we did not have very many dudes, uh, on the field. It felt like, um, and, and Ollie Gordon, like on a field of, of, of few dudes, like he was the one where it just like, he took the game by the scruff of the neck, um, and, and won it. You know, just kind of just the way he plays, the attitude he plays with. I mean, we, we I don't know if we want to get into the CJ Donaldson conversation now. Um, I don't know. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. But I mean, just like the, the, the attitude, you know, I'm not I'm not saying Ollie Gordon is, is Adrian Peterson, but the pissed offedness and the way that he strains and the attitude that he runs with on every carry, yep. snap in, snap out. That's who it reminds me of. You know, he's a big, lean dude. And he runs pissed off. It, lo- yep. it looks like it, it would fucking suck to tackle that guy. Um, and then on the other side, you know, CJ, and it, it, there's a conversation to be had about, you know, is he best suited for for a zone read offense where it's like a zone stretch one way or a zone stretch the other way? Or should he be more like of a north-south guy? But like that aside, like there, you can be a bit of a motherfucker either way. You can be a bit yep. of a motherfucker either way. And there has been zero uh, of that in his game it felt like the whole season, you know? And, and so it's just it, like, what a more glaring contrast, you know, we come in the season, we, we think we have one of the best, if not the best running back room in the conference. And then, you know, you get a, a rushing record put on your head, um, you know, a little nutsack along the way, like um, from Ollie Gordon just puts up a, a Mountaineer field. Uh, what, not a record, but I think the second best ever, most in a quarter ever. I think it, Actually, is the record? I think I heard that he passed Samaji P. Ryan from. Oh, was it? So, is the record for an opposing player? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, definitely your beat, head. he definitely didn't beat Tavon because Tavon yeah. was in the three hundred. I think KJ Harris had a, had three bills in a game at, at one point in the early two thousands too. But, um, 
I don't even know where I'm going with this. I like, I'm just, I'm like, I mean, that's kind of representative for where my thoughts are. I'm just, I'm scratching my head. I'm, a, I'm at kind of a loss. I, I really don't know um, what to do or where it goes from here. Um, the Neil Brown thing, um, I, you know, there's obviously a conversation to have there. Um, yeah, I don't want it to be over, but like, it feels like the level of success, the level of sustained sustained success that it's going to take to win the fan base back over at this point. I just don't see him being capable of it. That that's, that's such a like important point to me with the, the Neil Brown discussion is that like, um, I feel like maybe part of this is his personality. Obviously a lot of it is like the on field performance and the, the promises that are, you know, not really kept up the team, but, um, yeah, I feel like he's just lost the fan base in terms of like what he would have to do to win this season back would be like win out, other than like maybe one game, like finish eight and four. Like, I feel like that's the best you could do to like win people back. But um, yeah, it's just like same old, same old. You you hear the, the press conference stuff, you know, it's like he's an, he's an amazing press conference guy. Like he, he kind of crushes it every time. But every Monday you hear him talk about the team coming up and he's just like, man, they got some really good players. They got some really good dudes. They do a really good job. They do all this stuff really smart. And it's like, and are, do teams think of us that way? Because I don't know. It, you know, <laughs> he he can run down the list and tell you how good every player is and how good the running backs are and how good the returners are and all this stuff. But um, yeah, I just feel like the the point with the fan base is just like for a minute it felt like it was different, and then I think the style that he wants to play, and he said this, he's he's articulated this is like let's let's play it close, let's get it to the fourth quarter, and we're gonna win it in the fourth quarter. And we happened to win a few of them in the fourth quarter in a row. But the nature of that style is even if you're like the much better team, like the amount of blowout wins. And I would say like more than, you know, two possessions, like not even like a garbage time touch, like possession, like the amount of wins where we beat a team handily are like very, very, very few in this time. And we and we've been the better team on several occasions. It's like not like, you know, that's that's not possible. So, um yeah, bit us in the ass, you know, how you said to have the lead in the fourth quarter, should be getting the ball. Um, you know, have guys have plays made on third downs, two missed tackles, touchdown, have second and long, you know, we get a taunt like a pushing, taunting penalty, whatever. You get a late hit out of bounds. You know, it's just like all that kind of stuff that um I mean, people keep saying discipline, the team's not disciplined. I don't know, it's just I, I don't know if it's an accountability thing in the locker room. I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, it sinks when the last two games now you feel, I kind of feel like we were the better team. If you take Ollie Gordon off the, off the, off the radar, I definitely feel like we were the better team in both games. And yeah, you just made enough mistakes at inopportune times that you don't win the game. Like you kind of back to that finding ways to lose. I don't, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't feel like Neil, Brown really knows what what the problem is either. You know, you listen to some of the post game stuff, and and he's scratching his head just as much as we are. You know, like I, I kind if if it wasn't the fifth year of this, and and like I'm dead inside because of it, uh, I would I would feel bad for the guy. He's just like, I mean, let me see if I can recap this this string of events. He's like, we're catching a punt, you know, and he's like. Yeah. I feel like I feel like credit to their staff did some things we didn't expect. Like the version of that this year is is we practice that. We work that three times a week. We do this. Never seen we do that, that before. We practice that. Never seen that one before. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, we work the Hail Mary. Oh, we work the, uh, you know, yeah, we work the punt return drill three times a week. And it's like, well, guess what? Um, it still fucked the game up for us. It still fucked the game up for us. I don't know why it happened either. And you know what? Real, real quick pause. Um, why the fuck do we even have a rule? Kick catch interference rule. If like that is not kick catch interference. Um, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, excusing Wilson lamp. Like what a fucking, like, has that guy had a good rep in a live game yeah. situation for us in three years? You know, a- a- anyways, um, great use of a scholarship there. But, um, if, if him getting pushed two yards in front of our guy and like, if you look, they're running down the field, the, the Oklahoma state guy looks at our punt returner, sees that yep. he's there, sees lamp and then makes the shove. Like, that's a good play. Right into him. It's, it, it, it's like, if that is not intentionally shoving somebody and interfering with a fucking fair catch, just, why do we even have the rule? Um, anyway, Wilson Lamp, fucking idiot. Um, but, you know, where was I going with this? Yeah, the discipline, all this all this kind of stuff. It's just like, I feel like the team's as frustrated as we are because, like you said, man, last two games, I, I felt like we were better than Oklahoma State. Yeah. Fucking Bowman's a noodle arm. Their defense wasn't doing anything. We're getting humming. We and had it's just... Gordon- at least contained through three and a half quarters too. Yeah. I mean, he'd had a nice game, you know, he had a nice game. He had like 120 yards or something, but I mean, you're giving him the ball every fucking play. He's going to get some, some kind of production. Um, offense was figuring its shit out. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, Neil, it's, it's, Neil pointed, it's infuriating. It's pointed to the linebacker depth. And I definitely think that plays a role, um, especially there in the fourth quarter, like, you in know, safety and cornerback. We have so many guys hurt. We do. And it's like, I fair. get that. Ollie Gordon didn't get tired. <clears throat> didn't get tired. He ran the ball 29 times. He got tackled 29. Well, not even 20. He got tackled like 25 times, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, cause he was running away on the other ones, but you know, like he didn't get tired as a single man. It's just like frustrating to, to see yourself get, uh, out enduranced by a team on two days less rest by one player. Um, yeah, it's tough. Because, yeah, Bowman wasn't going to beat us, and he didn't beat us, and he wasn't going to beat us. It just wasn't going to happen. That's yeah, fucking trash, man. Yeah. Guy's trash. Dude is trash. Ollie Gordon, Ollie Gordon, amazing player. Their defense is fine. Um, you know, I think we, we, we make it way too easy on teams sometimes. I know that uh, it was a big point of conversation in our Discord, um, big point of conversation on the message boards. Um, the, the, the contrast between the way that we play when we, you know, like have to go score to get the lead. And then the way, and this goes back to the, how many teams have we blown out? Like, is it literally it's NC state and then FCS teams? I like, can't have we, one outside have we won state. more games than that by like more than 14 points? Um, I don't and yeah, so. it's just, it's, it's because of, of that attitude and, and, you know, and the the numbers are ridiculous. I'm I'm not gonna. I, I don't know them off the top of my head. If you want them, they're they're on Twitter. Um, Chris Anderson put them out. But it's yep. just like insane, like how much differently we play when we need a touchdown versus when we're trying to sit on a lead. And like, we're not good enough to play like that. Like full no. full stop. We're not good enough to play like that. We don't have enough good players to play like that. We don't have enough difference makers to play like that. Um, we have. A couple good offensive linemen, um, some receivers who are doing some stuff. I like the way our receivers have been playing lately. But I think the, the the bigger point is that, like, and I feel vindicated by this, but it's just like Garrett Green has been consecutive weeks one of the, you know one of if not the he wasn't the best player. Ollie Gordon was the best player on the field, but like this dude is like performing at a level that we were we hoping that he could perform at. 
we, yeah. we were hoping, right? We're like, if he can do this, he could be like a top quarter, top half quarterback. He's he's doing it. Like, he's doing it. He's playing that well right now. He's that much of a weapon. And, like, I mean, his kid's got horsepower. We got to give him room to gallop out here, man. I, You know, I... He sounded pretty dejected in the last two weeks' press conferences, and it, it does hurt to see because he's played his ass off. Played uh, his ass off. He's been our leading rusher, I think, the last two games, right? Or no, sorry, not again, not in the... Was he in the Houston game? He had like maybe 40, 50 yards, but he definitely was this week. Um, deep ball's looking beautiful. He's got the energy, and he plays so good when he's confident. I mean, outside of that early pick, like he was had a really nice game. Like after you give him a drive to settle he in, he played great. And um, you know Neil Brown uh, called him out in the post game for for keeping it on that fourth down. I'm not so sure that like first of all, if you're worried about it, like why are you calling a fucking zone read play on a thing where literally field. all we need to the short side of the field on a play where all we need to do is fall forward for two yards? Like why is this a slow developing? Hey, let's take a second to figure out what we actually want to do with the ball here before we go and do it. Second of all. He makes the first guy miss, and dude, the most under-talked about thing um, this season offensively for me, and I feel like I've just started noticing it the last two games, I actually really started like when I rewatched on Sunday um, this Oklahoma State game, is that we are getting fucking nothing in the run game from our tight ends. Trevor um, Davis blew a block on that play. On yep. that play specifically, yep. Cole Taylor, the amount of times that we pull him and he just comes like goofy, tall guy running around the corner on a lead play and runs past like two defenders who end up making the tackle um, yeah. more times than I can count. Same for Devin Carter. I know he's not a tight end, but we're using him in this slot role and we're bringing him in motion and like having him be kind of like a lead blocker involved in the play. He he runs past two or three guys every single play. And it's like all this shit like, you know, our offensive line can be outstanding. Uh, there's five of them. So if there's eight guys in the box, they need some kind of help. And they're getting zero help from Davis, from Taylor. Like, even when Taylor hits somebody, it's like the most flailing ass basketball player looking block. And I, you know, I I, I don't mean that to insult basketball players because I know it, it's a physical fucking game, but like he is he does not hit somebody and move them. You know what yeah. I mean? He'll 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 put a body on them, he'll stand mm-hmm. in front of them. Um, but he's not moving people out of the way. Trailing Davis isn't moving people out of the way. Devin Carter isn't hitting people, period. Um, and it's really hard to run on heavy boxes when dudes yeah, yeah. like that who are in the box, like they're in the box. You got to block somebody. Um, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I just looked it up. Traylon Davis and Cole Taylor, both uh, in the low fifties run block on the year. Uh, yeah. As a tight end, that's bad. I mean, that's not, I hadn't even, either. I hadn't even looked at that. So I'm glad yeah. that, that that backs it up. It backs it up. No, no. 81 Traylon Davis on that. You know, like you said, Gary Green makes the first guy miss and Traylon Davis steps about three yards downfield and puts his hands up ready to block the dude. And the guy just ducks, ducks his shoulder, just almost untouched, just scoots right by him, makes right the ball by him. in the backfield. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, I, I will say the receivers were making plays this week. Like Preston Fox made some catches. Um, you know, Horton really kind of been stepping up the last couple weeks. Gary Green, the deep ball. I mean, the, the Devin Carter leak out play was was beautiful. Um, man, it stinks that we can't appreciate the offense because how long has it been since we've had offense to be excited about? And we're yeah. like, it's like build the build the plane out of the we're down a possession offense 
because we just sort of like, guess what? We're going to throw four passes, and they're going to average 20 yards, and we're going to score a touchdown. Like, that is – and Garrett Green's going to scramble for, for a long one, too. It's awesome. It's fun. And then, you know, we give the ball back to Ollie Gordon, and he goes untouched straight up the middle. Um, <laughs> it stinks. Um, it stinks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun riding that roller coaster with you. Yeah. It really is, though, right? Like, I think if you were – so, you know um, – and just in the sake of this being a fucking fan podcast and not a, a mope session, which it kind of is. But um, if you're looking at positives, positives to take out of this game, right? It's just that like Garrett Green has shown that he can be a guy who is going to make enough plays probably to keep us in every game. Yep. Right. I mean, like yeah. who's I mean, there, there's there's not a hand there's not more than a couple quarterbacks playing better than him in the conference right now. And we scored thirty four we scored thirty four and thirty nine the last two games. Yeah. How <laughs> that has not happened like I mean I'd have to look it up, but I guarantee we haven't scored thirty four plus in consecutive games underneath. Yeah, I wonder when guarantee the last time it. we scored back to back thirty points back to back was. But and yeah, and, and that's with that's with turnovers, that's with I mean, you, you know, you lose a possession on the fumbled punt, right? Like it could it, it could be could be more. I mean, that's like um, six turnovers the last two games, too. I mean, it's like a lot. Yeah, yeah, boy, boy, that's boy, that's a lot. We should stop doing that, huh? Can we stop? That makes doing sense. That? We should practice but, that. Yeah. The uh, hey, we wrapped it. We wrap it. We wrap it every <laughs> we Tuesday. Not turning the ball. We over. not turn over every Tuesday. I told time. them specifically to not turn the ball over. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking light myself on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Garrett Green. I, I want to say. Um, I mean, the big time throw rate is up there nationally. I know I tweeted something out from our account last week that that it was way up there. His average depth of target is by far the highest in the Big Twelve. Um, passing grade on those plays, percentage of plays that are targeting twenty yards downfield, both way up there in in Power Five. I mean, it's he's he he's he's everything we wanted him to be. Right before the season, we were like, "What is the ceiling for Garrett Green?" Um, He's kind of scratching it a little bit. He's scratching it. Hopefully, he's not there. We need him to go a little bit, a little bit higher if we're going to win some fucking games. Apparently, but like, yeah, he's 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 doing everything we could hope that he would have done. I was I was watching the the game with a good friend, and we were joking that Oklahoma State had the uh, had the Neil Brown playbook sometimes because it'd be like third and ten, and they'd throw like a wide receiver screen that would go for nothing, and you know, like they were just doing those things that were like, "What are you doing?" I really really appreciate. The offensive play calling this year, and I, I mean, like as much as it's been scrutinized over like four years, uh, at least when we're losing by three or seven points, it's been awesome because instead of just getting Garrett Green going in the, all these screen passes and you know the stuff we've seen with Deggy all this time, spreading the field out, creating space, getting guys downfield, and you have a quarterback who can take advantage if there's grass in front of him. You get guys out there instead of just bunch up and try to like throw a little, little, you know, three yard out or something like that. Like, I think the field is wide open. He can make the throws, uh, you know, at least like downfield. He can make the throws on the run. He can make the throws across the body. And yeah, if you're covering man, he's not afraid to just take it and, uh, you know, eat up yards. He's great in the open field. So it is a bright spot. But man, you know, it's been a roller coaster. We came into the season. Can the defense do enough through what, four or five weeks? defense is is keeping us in games uh remember we held Pitt to six points i mean like remember when we just sat on teams for a couple games and then now it's like offense is lighting it up we can't get off the field on defense i really don't understand um where where it's gone wrong or like how it's gone wrong 
I mean, the only really explanation is that like Trey Lathan is like Miami Dolphin level David Long, good at football. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe not that good. Maybe he's like West Virginia David Long, good at football. But like, I mean, it just really has to be something that like he was like the queen on the chessboard for us, and like whatever we needed, like if we needed him to go blitz, he could go blitz and, and rush back. If we needed him to cover, he could cover anybody. If we needed him to to make a run fit, he could make a run fit. Um, and maybe that's just you know like that versatility is something that you you don't really appreciate it until until it's not there. Um, you know, I, I think mean, the combo of him and Lance Dixon at the same time too, because Lance and now Dixon, and, and now yeah. they're both gone. Yeah. Now they're both fucking gone. I don't know what the deal with Dixon is, actually. Do you know? I mean, the rumor is that he snuck a girl into the hotel the night before the Houston game, and at that point it's too late to suspend him for that one, so he's suspended for this one. And, and, I mean, Neil today said it's a a fluid situation of, like, uh, the balls in his court kind of deal, Um, which makes it seem like he's probably not going to be back. Um, You know, like, Neil's not going to be pushing for him to be back. But, like... (laughs) Uh, it's just so stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the rumor. That's yeah. the rumor. Um, but I think that the the most disappointing thing for me is like Penn State. Penn State beat us. We were yep. physical as fuck at the point of attack. Like I would not say Penn State beat us at the line of scrimmage. Penn State beat us. They did not beat us up at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then Pitt. Uh, Texas Tech, TCU, three consecutive games. We absolutely dominate up front. Defensive line dominates. We're getting pressure, um, you know, all this stuff. And then now these last two games, it just – and I mean, you know, I, I, a part of it, we, we talked about it on some of these pods. I don't think maybe we appreciated it in the Houston game enough in the post game, but it's, it's winning the early downs, right? We got to put ourselves in situations where it's advantageous to send help. Um, to send you know extra extra pass rushers, all that kind of stuff, and and sure as shit didn't do that against Oklahoma State. Dude ran for uh, you know six hundred yards and, and twenty seven touchdowns. Um, so then, yeah. you know not a not a whole lot of opportunities. Um, I think Houston ran it better than we probably gave him credit for as well, um, especially in that second half. And so it's just one of these things where like, dude, we got to start fucking buckling down on these early downs again. Get people behind the stick so we can start sending pressure because we're not good enough on the back end to actually cover people. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're just not. exactly. Yeah, we have to hide that. And uh, yeah, I definitely think that's the key. Um, okay. Anything else in Oklahoma State? Are you ready to throw it away? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, trash can. You know, one thing I will say about this conference is it is the great middle. Uh, every team is within reach of everybody, as we really saw on Saturday. Um, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It. it I mean. Every year there's like the circle of suck, which is like, you know, the worst team in the league beat somebody who beat somebody who beat the other, you know, the best team. Happens every year in pretty much every conference. Um, we didn't get a lot of the results this weekend, but we got illustrated how just tight this league is. Um, starting off with UCF, Oklahoma. UCF is 0-4 in conference. Uh, we will talk about them a little more in a bit. Uh, they take Oklahoma t- to the absolute wire and are a two-point conversion away from forcing overtime. Um, and they played good. I mean, they had the lead like late, like at least in the second half of this game. Um, this was a good game. This was a this was an interesting game. So um, the Dylan Gabriel return, um, and uh, yeah, this was a cl- close one. Did you did you catch any or many of the games this weekend? Um, 
un- unfortunately, uh, I did not. Um, you didn't want to watch more college football after? Uh, no, well, so here's the thing is that pregame. So I, I caught, actually, I watched a good bit of Penn State, Ohio State. I had a couple bets on that game, and it was on at a couple of the tailgates that I was at, wandering around the Blue Hut. So caught that. Um, and then, obviously, our game's happening. So I'm following scores on the scoreboard. Um, but then the punt thing happened, and uh, I made a business decision to start consuming as much alcohol as frequently as mm-hmm. as I could at that point. And so uh, my my night <laughs> my night shortened itself um considerably following following that decision. So no, I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of the 330 or um definitely not much of the of the night games. So Yeah. You're going to have to walk me through this one. I did see that this one was close, obviously. It was it was close and it was like down to the wire. I mean, UCF had a two-point conversion to tie. Um exciting game. I mean, Oklahoma looked beatable, but also UCF was throwing punches. I mean, like I said, they were leading this thing into the fourth quarter. Um so, to illustrate our number 1 team in the conference versus, you know, what is still the the bottom team in the conference. It was a two-point conversion away from sending it to overtime. Yep. Um the next game, uh Texas Houston um, there, there was some funny business. I feel like coming down the stretch as someone who really doesn't care who would win this game. I mean, like it'd probably be funnier if Houston won. Um, there was some really strange ref stuff coming down the stretch. There were like flags getting picked up. Houston's driving to tie the game. They're down a touchdown. They're moving the ball in big plays. They had this play where like, it just, yeah. You know, I mean, you watch a lot of football. Like, you feel like you have a good intuition of like where the ball should be spotted, like where the guy got to. They spot this guy. Like, clearly, I thought clearly picked up a first down, and everyone else also clearly thought he picked up a first down. The ref spotted like a yard short and put Houston in a situation that, like, okay, and then I think a third down happens, and then they go to fourth down, and they end up not getting it. I mean, this is like inside the five or inside the ten. And it was just some funny business. And then, and then Dana Hogerson absolutely exploded. Some incredible reaction gifts have to be made out of his reaction because he's like down on the ground, like pounding it like he's Donkey Kong or something. And he's just dropping like clear as day F-bombs on national TV. All I'm saying, Texas-Houston also. I mean, this game was right there. Houston probably deserved to uh, take the thing to OT. Or, you know, Texas definitely didn't dominate this game either. So, um, Donovan Smith threw for almost 400 yards. I mean... It, you know, it's crazy. This this league is is just like that. And you know, Quinn, Quinn Ewers got hurt, right? Um, I think he, that's, he did. that's big story coming out of that is that that's going to be a couple of uh, couple of weeks. Um, actually, some of the the gambling people that I follow, I know we're not doing the the precap yet, but um, if you can get BYU before the line moves with with Quinn Ewers um, not playing, yeah, maybe maybe think about that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm dude. It's 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 like we said, man. Like I think that. Maybe maybe every team in this conference in a given week is is within a touchdown of, of every other team, and then there's you know there's going to be some blowouts. There's going to be some weird shit that happens. Um, it's funny, uh, you know. I feel really bad for Houston that the refs came and got them after the refs obviously, um, you know, picked up what seventeen flags when we were playing them, so that we could get out of the conference title race. Now they're on the other side of it because Texas has to stay in the conference title race, so that Oklahoma and Texas can play each other in the conference championship game. Um, on their way out of town it's really you know tough situation for them but funny yeah funny no, how dude, things happen dude it's it, there's there's a it's it's like a weird combination of like quality of players on every team and then like the coaches and, and stuff where like dude you give dana toys he's gonna make shit happen 
Um, yep. It doesn't matter who he's playing. Uh, we we kind of knew that. Um, you know, and, and like the same shit, like I saw like uh, Kansas State blew TC, uh, TCU out, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, 41, you know, to th- 41 to three Kansas State over TCU. I mean, it was early and often. It was never. Close. And it's like, what the fuck is that? What, what the fuck is that? Like the Hoover dude throws uh, four touchdowns, 400 and some yards the week before. Now they they go, they go for three points. It's like, um, I don't know. I think the lesson here is, you know, just don't bet on any Big 12 games because <laughs> who the fuck knows? Who knows? Who the hell man. knows? Yeah, I mean, I do think that that is a unfair criticism of West Virginia football sometimes is that, yeah, like I get the discipline, like that's an easy thing and it's a convenient thing too because you can say penalties, stupid, you know, things, people are doing all this stuff. Um, but I, I, I think it's an unfair criticism to be like West Virginia is an inconsistent team. Uh, you think Oklahoma, who just beat Texas, uh, should be playing within two points of UCF, who is winless in conference? Do you think Texas... Should be playing, you know, within a touchdown of Houston. It's this is just football. This is just the league. The talent is is not that crazy different, um, even from those, you know, powerhouse schools. It's a matchups game. You know, these coaches, everyone's trying. There's millions of dollars on the line. They're all, you know, figuring things out. It's it's tough. There's a lot of stuff going on. Football um, is like the. Uh, it's not the JC. It's not the great value version of the basketball uh, conference. What is like a like a middle. Um, like a target, like a target. Maybe it's like, it's like, it's like a target version of the basketball conference where like, it just is what it is, man. There's going to be parody weekend, week out. There's going to be results you don't expect. Everybody can beat everybody on a given weekend. If somebody fucks up, um, that's just, you know, I mean, it it makes it a lot of fun, but like, holy shit, it's taking years off my life. Um, as somebody who just cares, cares too much for sure. Yeah. Um, so just covering the other results, uh, I thought football was canceled after the Mountaineer game. I did not realize there were more games mm-hmm. that day. Um, Baylor beat Cincinnati, thirty-two twenty-nine. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All so right. why not? Sure. Yeah, whatever. In in Cincinnati, and uh, they really had to hang on to this one. I mean, they they were up pretty big, uh, and Cincinnati storms back. They had fifteen points in the fourth quarter to make it a three-point game, uh, but Baylor scored two touchdowns in seven seconds to take the lead and then and didn't look back from there. Um, so Baylor now 2-2 two two in conference. Since he's still looking for their first win. And then the other game was BYU-Texas Tech. Um, and BYU was up 24-7 at half and coasted the rest of the way 27-14. BYU now 2-2 two two in conference. Uh, they are looking looking all right. I think we uh, we all had them down there 5-2 overall. So... Now looking at the Big 12 overall, Oklahoma is 4-0. And then your one-loss teams are Texas, Oklahoma State, who was dead a few weeks ago. Um, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State are your three uh, one-loss teams. And then everyone else is just clumped. You know, and, and Oklahoma State, their their schedule the rest of the way. Like, if they go worse than 10, uh, what are they? They're 4-2 right now? They go worse than 9-3. and three. They've had a fucking disaster of a back half. Oh, I also did not mention Iowa State is three and one in conference. Which <laughs> okay. is, yeah, sure. Know, why not? They didn't play this week, but they uh, also three and one in conference because you know why explodes not? like two weeks before the season with gambling scandal. And uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Sure, just uh, don't bet on live, the Big live Twelve. Your, live your life, Cyclones. <laughs> All right, Big Twelve precap coming into this week. Um, 
at noon. There's no weekday games. Noon, West Virginia, UCF. We'll talk about that one in a minute. Also at noon, Oklahoma at Kansas. The line is nine and a half um, in favor of Oklahoma. I I assume Bean's still going to be the quarterback at Kansas. He's yeah. playing well, though. I mean, he's almost like not even a handicap at this point. Yeah, he's um, he's playing fine. I don't know if he's quite Jalen Daniels, but yeah, I think Daniels... Uh, I don't know. Some, some speculation that that's the uh, the self red shirt, and maybe I'll see what I can do in the portal. Um, that's a bummer. This, which sucks, man. Yeah, it was it was it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, no, dude. Kansas Kansas offense keeps humming. Beans fine. Um, the running game is going to be there. Uh, I just uh, man, I can't. I don't know. At Kansas, maybe gives them a shot, but. Nine and a half feels like a lot of points to me. To be feels honest. like a lot of points, but it, dude, at the same time, like I, you know, I wonder if if Oklahoma is uh, was overlooking uh, UCF a bit, like looking ahead to this game because didn't Kansas Kansas beat them last year? Didn't they? Uh, I would assume. I think so. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma pretty much every like pretty much everybody fucking year. beat them last year. Yeah. So, um, I wonder. I wonder if this is the look ahead game. This is the one they had circled of just like, no, you're you're still fucking Kansas. You know. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Oklahoma definitely has the better team, but Kansas Kansas does enough fun stuff that I could see it being close, especially at home. Yep, agreed. Um, other noon game: Houston at K State. Houston clearly showing they can uh, at least hang around in some of these games. K State now five and two, three and one overall. Uh, Seventeen point favorites, which also feels like a lot of points. But K State is like a team that I feel like just handles business. You know, they don't really have a lot of these slip ups. Um, was, so I, I expect that to continue. Was was Houston, Texas in Houston or in Austin? It was in Austin, I believe. Oh, okay. Um Yeah. No, yeah, I take that, that back. That it weird? was at Houston. Oh, okay. Okay. Um I was gonna say, like, isn't it weird that like like I think Texas is better than Kansas State, but I also like trust Kansas State more against teams that are worse than it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think K State just handles business, man. Yeah, they just like, handle they, business. They, yeah. they always do. One after yep. like the first three weeks of the season, because <laughs> um, they they usually slip one stupid game up. But um, okay, now moving to the three thirties, BYU at Texas, sneaky interesting game here. Like you said, the Quinn Ewers storyline. BYU, I mean, they're five and two. It's really surprising. Um, and seventeen and a half point favorites, Texas is at uh, in Austin. Take BYU um, in the points. Yeah, if you're gonna think, bet on if you're gonna bet on any Big Twelve game this weekend, BYU in the points. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting game. It'd be cool to see how BYU measures up there now that they're at least uh, kind of they're the first team to really have their like feet under them uh, in the new conference. So, mm-hmm. um, other three thirty game is Iowa State at Baylor. Uh, Iowa State, I'm really surprised they're three and one in conference. Uh, but even despite that, they're only one and a half point favorites in Waco. Um, Rocco Beck been been having a decent year. I mean, you know, they're they're in this thing more than people expected. I think I think Iowa State will win that one. I, I really I I didn't think highly of Baylor coming into the year. Um, nothing nothing I've seen since then has has really changed my opinion. Um, they got the fluke comeback at UCF. They should be one and three in the conference right now uh, with a win over whoever the fuck they, who, who they play Texas tech. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think Iowa state, I like Iowa state in that one. Gotcha. And then the eight o'clock game, 
the nightcap in the Big 12 is Cincinnati 0-4 at Oklahoma State, who is 3-1. The line is opening Oklahoma State 7.5 points. Um, more than that. I would say more. Uh, I don't know how Cincy is stopping the run. I mean, I just really don't think Oklahoma State's quarterback was that great um, for his sixth year or seventh year in college, whatever. Um, but Cincinnati has not, has not really, uh, still haven't gotten a win in conference yet. And Stillwater is a tough place to play, especially at night, especially with like, I feel like a crowd that's going to be back. They're feeling, they're feeling themselves. Yeah. 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 They're feeling themselves. I would, uh, seven and a half. I would, I would think that Oklahoma state covers, um, me, uh, uh, just to be clear on here, me, me saying who I like or thing is not a, is not a recommendation of, Hey, you should go bet this. Yes, um, it is. The it Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state and BYU are, are, would be two recommendations. Yep. All right. Now let's talk about the Mountaineers. Um, bounce back game in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be like 80 degrees. I saw it kickoff. Um, it's a noon kickoff. Uh, West Virginia is four and three, two and two. UCF is three and four, zero oh and four in conference. Yeah, so UCF's a seven point favorite because you know the Big Twelve, baby. That's that's what it is. Um, UCF's schedule so far this year. I'll read it to you. They beat Kent State handily. They beat Boise State eighteen to sixteen, and they beat Villanova handily. So those are. I, I think Kent State is like the worst team in in division or FBS this year. They're like bottom five and a lot of stuff. And then Boise State, they beat them by two points. Then they play K-State, lose by 13. They play Baylor, and I think they they gave up 29 unanswered to Baylor to lose by a point, 36-35. They get housed by Kansas, 51-22. And then they take Oklahoma to the absolute wire and lose by a two-point conversion, uh, a failed two-point conversion. So they're sitting at 0-4 in conference, four-game losing streak. Um, And yeah, I mean... Why not? You know, this is this is just the, the league we live in. Um, they got weapons, and I think the biggest thing that you got to say about UCF, just straight off the top, is that John Reese Plumley is back, and that changes this offense dynamically. He like he, he, he is a he is a difference maker. I mean, really, he he is like we talked about at the beginning of the year. It was like, man, I hope Garrett Green could be John Reese Plumley esque. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Garrett Green has lived all the way up to those expectations. Uh, but they got oh, yeah. that dude too. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I joked joked in that podcast. I said Garrett Green's twenty twenty four Heisman campaign is going to start, you know, Saturday at noon against UCF and John Rispomley. Um, yeah, no, it, it makes a big difference. Uh, the McLean guy, Timmy McLean, you know, he's fine, he's good runner, definitely not as good of a passer. Like if you look at the numbers, um, the turnover worthy plays are high. Um, even compared to John Reese Plumley, who's a little bit of a a little bit of a gunslinger, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you know, you look at this team, and you're exactly right. Like they they have, um, they have guys, they have difference makers on this team. Um, the running backs got a couple wide receivers, they got a couple dudes on defense, and then uh, yeah, obviously John Reese Plumley. Um, I expect him to be better this week in his second week back. He played last week against Oklahoma. I think that was probably a little bit of a boost to them. But every every week that he plays now, he'd been out since uh, what I think he got hurt against Boise State, mm-hmm. um, and so you know they've been. I mean, what the fuck would we look like without Garrett Green? You know what I'm saying? Um, and so Oof. they've been they've been yeah yeah brutal. Um, 
And so, yeah, their offense, I, you know, I want to say at a conference, they were maybe the number one offense in the country through three weeks. Um, like literally 700 yards a game, like 7.9 yards a play craziness. Um, they come back to, a, to, to earth a little bit um, in conference. Like you said, you know, they've what their own four in conference. Um, but it hadn't been because of the offense. I mean, the offense is still a top half offense in the big 12, even against big 12 defenses. You know, if you filter, filter four conference opponents, um, still a top half offense. Um, the problem with them is just the defense, the defense has really, has really struggled. I mean, the defense has given up like 40, 40 and a half points a game in four games against big 12 opponents. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what that means for us, uh, uh, you know, in terms of a matchup, right? Like, I mean, you know, it, it kind of seems good on bad, good on bad, both sides, right? Like, like, you know, our offense is, is looking better. Their defense sucks. Their offense is good. Our defense looks like it's kind of starting to suck. So, um, yep. I don't Points. know what the over. Yeah, I don't know what the over <laughs> under in, is in this game, but um, it is I don't know. 59 and a half. OK, yeah. So I was going to say we've been in the 40s um, for like the last month and a half over under wise. Uh, I would I would expect points in this one. I mean, so that's a 30 30 game or they're saying UCF. So like a 34 27, 33 26 yep. kind of game is what they're saying. Yep. Um you know, UCF, like I said, it's kind of hard to evaluate some of the passing stuff because John Reese Plumley just hasn't played. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played less than half of I mean, he, the backup, Timmy McLean, has thrown more than he has this year. Um, John Reese Plumley, in the games he's played, though, he has an 85 PFF grade, which is just like nasty. But I think a lot of those were early games, too. I mean, he's only, only suited up in four games. Um, the rushing attack, though, I mean. I hope that we figure out what happened in the fourth quarter because this rushing attack is going to punish us if uh, if we don't. R.J. Harvey, um, he's got 110 run- rushes this year. He's averaging 5.6 a carry. Uh, and then your, your, your second punch here, Johnny Richardson, uh, 58 carries. He's averaging 7.4. And oh, by the way, John Reese Plumlee also averages 7.4 on the ground. So, like... These are three incredibly productive runners. Um, like I said, I mean, we, I, I pulled up my notes from our deep dive, and I have in parentheses about uh, JRP is this is Garrett Green's best case scenario. Um, yeah. And and I mean, yeah, this is him, but he's he's like proven and he's done it for a while now. So yeah, this offense is a problem on the ground for sure. Um, and getting him back, I mean, he can he can throw the thing around. They have productive receivers. Not really a huge standout to me that I'm seeing Javon Baker. It's your top target guy, um, but he's only catching about 60% of the balls thrown his way. Um, they got a lot of dudes who get involved. They all got pretty good PFF grades. Um, and then another thing that we mentioned in our deep dive, we both called out the concern on the offensive line depth, and the offensive line was a lot of transfers. Your line's playing fine. I mean, I mean that's just evident by the rushing numbers. Uh, grades are fine. I mean, the offense is good. This is a good offense. I had uh, the OL seems blank question mark as, as my note um, because, yeah, so if you look, do they have the best pass blocking efficiency in the Big 12 according to, to Pro Football Focus? Um, you know, they've allowed 18 sacks. They've allowed 44 tackles for loss, which is a lot. I think that's maybe that's the lot. second most um, in the conference. Um, and so, but, but yeah, no, they're playing good. And, dude, it's, it's weird because it's going to be a completely different challenge um, than, than Oklahoma State. Like, uh, it, the rushing game is a problem, but it's a problem in a different way. Um, these, the, I think, I think I said it, um, 
in our deep dive, but it, it, we're going to look like 2007 or they're going to look like 2007 West Virginia a little bit where they're going to have these two running backs. It's going to be like Slayton and divine. And they're not as good as these guys. Like, you know, John Reese Plumley is not Pat white, but like it puts a ton of stress on the defense. Right. And I think in a lot of ways that probably makes the offensive line maybe even look better than it is because, um, you know, you got guys going every which way, you know, you don't know if you need to stop the running back. Do I need to stop the quarterback? Do I need to stop the other running back? Um, Plumlee, I'll, I'll be interested to see. I know I mentioned against Kansas dude, he had a, uh, he had a, uh, like a, like a shark, like a shark tank sized brace on his knee. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't know if he's, if he's all the way back running the ball. Um, I, I think I saw against Oklahoma, he was like nine for nine for negative four. Let me see. Hold on a second here. What his rushing numbers were against Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously yeah, his legs six, are six for 19 with, with a couple sacks. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying like that is, is an important part of his game. Um, is, it's a is huge part of his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you look, he had three for 92, <laughs> Um, well, sorry, plus a couple scrambles, four scrambles for 68 yards, three carries, um, a touchdown against Kent state had 11 carries for 73 yards against Boise state six for 19 against Oklahoma, um, and zero scrambles. So I wonder, you know, might be a thing where like the knees still bother him a little bit. Like it's good enough that he can play, but he's not completely himself which would be yeah. ideal for us because like you said, I mean, it's a three headed monster. Um, the running backs, like they're not big. Um, Ollie Gordon's a, Ollie Gordon's a big motherfucker. I think Harvey's like five, nine, one ninety. Richardson's like five, seven, one seventy five. So little scat backs, but they force a lot of missed tackles. Um, Harvey's Harvey's forced 32 Richardson's forced 18. And when you just look at, um, the issues that we had against Oklahoma state where we're just not fitting in the right gaps, Right. Like we're just not fitting in the right gaps. Like in a lot of these plays, we don't even have anybody there to make a tackle, let alone miss a tackle. I'm, I'm kind of terrified against this running game. I'm kind of terrified that we're going to look yeah. really stupid and it's just going to be another week where it's second and two. It's second and two. It's second and four. It's third and one. It's third and three. Um, and we're just not going to be able to send pressure at this motherfucker at all. And it's going to be. It's, it's going to suck. It's going to be another, you know, you know, like high 30s to high 30s kind of game. Um, the receivers, it kind of a three headed monster. The thing that stood out to me, man, is, is Baker and Hudson both average 21 plus yards per catch. So, you know, they're, they're running play action. They're running play action on 55 to 60% of their plays. They're taking shots down the field. Um, Hudson's averaging 9.3 yards after the catch. So he's a fucking pain in the ass to tackle. So yeah, it's the defense. It's not a great time for our defense to be. Not bumbling, at all. Stumbling, bumbling, not showing up. Not these at guys all. are fucking good on offense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a quiz here. So I, uh, I filtered appropriately um, for you know. So we're including the the quarterbacks like West Virginia, like UCF, um, just because like both Garrett Green and John Reese Pumley have been out with injuries. Who would you say the top five quarterbacks all in PFF grade and in, in the conference are this year? Uh, I would say Gabriel's one. Gabriel's one. I would put Ewers up there. He has five. 
like overall grade or passing this, grade? This or is what? overall offensive grade for quarterbacks. Minimum of twenty percent of the, I think, max dropbacks. I'd say so, I'd say probably Plumlee and Green are both in there, and yeah. then maybe maybe Jason Bean. Um, Bean actually is lower than I would expect, but you uh, right team Jalen Daniels actually falls in with okay. the filter I applied to make sure I got Plumlee and Green in there. Gabriel won, and then Jalen Daniels, John Reese Plumlee, Garrett Green, Quinn Ewers. I mean, that's that is first of all, that's awesome for Garrett Green. That's amazing. Uh, but John Reese Plumlee is literally just like is just like marginally better Garrett Green this year. So I mean, it's just it is just a really good comparison. Um, Garrett Green leading the con- or sorry, he's second in the conference in big time throws. I mean, he's he's having a great year. What a uh, good player. Man, what what a guy! If only we what had what an absolute a stud! What a yeah. stud! Um, what do you think? I mean, uh, I, I don't even fucking know. Like, you UCF scheme is harder to defend than Oklahoma State's too. Like, I mean, stopping the run has to be the priority, right? Like, one hundred percent. I mean, I think especially just coming off the scores of the way this game ended is like that's probably what's going to be pounded. Is just like we can't let this team run on us. No. Um, unfortunately, you know, Reese Plumley can beat you in the air as well. I mean. Yeah. It stinks yep. to say, like, this is not a one-dimensional team. This um, is not Alan Bowman. This is not a noodle-armed, flaccid penis to Alan Bowman. <laughs> Sorry. It, it's definitely not. Um, Alan Bowman, of uh, of quarterbacks who made this filter, 17 of 19 in the in this in this list. So, uh, yeah, this is not... Hashtag, how do we lose to these fucking people? Come on! He, he's not him, all I'm saying. Um, yeah, this is a good offense. You got to stop the run. You got to get pressure. I mean, John Reese Plumley can make you pay if the guys are open. He can make you pay with his legs. This is like a tall task. This team's 0-4. They had Baylor absolutely dead in the water and lost it. They had Oklahoma on the ropes. It's going to be a hungry team. They want to get their first win in conference at home. Homecoming for them. It's tough. This is a tough spot. What, this is a... for us? We don't do good don't playing from front. I mean, I yeah, know. seriously. Yeah, sorry. I mean, seriously, we don't do good when they say we're good, when they write an athletic piece on us, when they favor us in the game. So I did I did think it was funny. Uh, Kurt, I don't remember if he tweeted this or just put it in our Discord, but he's like, touchdown underdogs to a team that hasn't won on the conference yet. Like, we're so fucking back. You know? we're so back. <laughs> like, I can't wait to go out and beat this team by three touchdowns. Get another puff piece, puff piece written about us after this one. Um, yeah. Uh. I fucking hated that, by the way. What a stupid nerd that Neil is calling people in at four and one and saying, hey, we play, we win, we tough. We win tough games. Anyways, anything else about the offense? Uh, that's all I got. Good offense. Good offense. What about the defense? Not good defense. Um, not as good defense. So, I mean, just your base stats here. Um, we, yeah. we, we talk a little higher stats, but let's just listen to their, their last four points allowed. 44 to K-State, 36 to Baylor, 51 to Kansas, and a really good showing, 31 to Oklahoma. Um, that's a lot of points. I mean, that that's like averaging 40-some a game. So, um, not great. They, uh, they definitely are a team that I feel like, given our offensive prowess, you can't take results game to game. But, man, you feel like, hey, we can move the ball against this kind of team. Um, I mean, pressures 97. So what is that through six, six games, seven games, um, 97 pressures. Traymond Morris Brash is your, your leading guy. 
Uh, Lee Hunter also up there with 15. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the D-line actually grades out pretty solid. Um, and I think that sort of backs up uh, some of the stuff we we talked about early in the, the season. Um, yeah, Morris Brash and Barber were two of the highest rated players from last year on their team. Yeah, I think this is probably the the best part of their their defense. Yeah, if you if you go um, traditional stats, so 14th in the conference out of out of 14. I don't know if we remember that there are 14 teams because we were picked last place, but um, 14th in scoring defense at 40.5 points in conference, 13th in total defense at 40, 475 yards per game, 14th in rushing defense at 255 yards per game against their four conference opponents. 14th and third down defense at 55% conversions for their opponents. And then just, you know, kind of average havoc. Um, I think the only thing they're really good, they're kind of good against the pass, but I can't tell if that's because they're actually good against the pass or if everybody just runs the ball on them. Um, I want to yeah. say, I remember there was a West Virginia defense like that where um, me and my dad like had an argument and he's like, we're first in the country against the pass. And I was like, yeah, we we're like 128th against the fucking run. Like who, who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, dude, they have a bunch. They have a bunch of guys playing well up front. Uh, I mean, Morris Brash leads the conference in sacks uh, with seven. Um, leads edges with twenty stops. Lee Hunter leads all defensive linemen with twenty-seven stops. Wow, which is fourth overall in the Big Twelve. I think he's behind like three linebackers. Um, and then yeah, Ricky Barber's you know one of the top ten graded defensive linemen in the conference. So yeah, they got they got dudes playing well up there. Um, I think they have seven or eight guys. I, I think the filter that I put in is like, have you played 10 snaps a game? Um, so for them, I put in 70 snaps is like the minimum and they got like eight dudes. And I think only two of them are below a 65, which is like the, you know, average level player according to PFF. So, um, mm-hmm. got dudes playing well, some, some problems at the second level. Um, Jason Johnson, who we highlighted in our deep dive, um, as one of the best tacklers in the country last year, uh, <laughs> spoiler, he's been one of the fucking best tacklers in the country this year. He's missed one tackle this year and he's played 450 some snaps, um, wow. as a middle linebacker. So he's good. Problem. Problem is that they have three other dudes who play, um, three other dudes who kind of met my, my snap limit. And they are three of the five worst graded linebackers in the big 12, um, this year. So that's Walter Yates, Ryan Davis, Cam Moore. Those guys fucking suck. Um, <laughs> so if we can figure out how to how to make them make plays, that would be that would be good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, secondary has some some guys. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did anybody stand out to you in the secondary? I mean, Corey Thornton's a guy who's on the field a lot. Um, he's he seems like he's a pretty much an every down kind of guy, and he's played well. Um, your other corner. What is it? Is that a safety or a corner? Corey Thornton is a uh, corner. Okay. Um, your other guy, your other corner, Brandon Adams. I mean, these both guys both grade out pretty decent, to be honest. Uh, 71, almost a 72, and a 76, respectively. Um, the safety is not as much. Uh, the yeah. safety is not looking as great. Uh, those are those are down in the low 60s. I'm looking for all of those. Yeah, I had the uh, safety. I have the safeties are okay. Um, they have three who have played 300 plus snaps, and those are the three guys who are grading out the worst. And then they have two guys who played like 150 who are grading out slightly better, but still not good. Um, my fun Brandon Adams stats. So he's been targeted 17 times. They've only completed four of them. So that's like a 23% uh, completion rate 
mm-hmm. which is the best in power five for anybody who's been targeted more than 10 times. Wow. So, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So why, why is this defense, uh, not, I don't good? know. I don't know like, why they at, suck. They you look at individual players. Players. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Pull- I don't know why they're bad. I'm pulling up beta rank right now um, just to just to do another comparison at, at a more granular level. Because, yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of the grades, it's it's not bad. Um, and you look at even like team wide comparisons, they're actually pretty comparable to us in a lot of different yeah. categories. Um, you know, I think I think what it is, they give up. They have a ton of rushing explosives like I, I don't have here. Let me pull the number up in front of me here. Um so rushing explosives, you, you design, I, I define that as 10 plus yard runs. Mm-hmm. They're last in the conference with 47 and seven games. And there are a couple teams who have played eight games. So, I mean, that's, yeah, let me see if I can math here. That's like almost seven a game. And so you, you figure that it's in, and, and then like you compare that and you look at, um, the third down stuff. Right. And it just seems like. They're probably letting people be in manageable situations. Like they're not giving up a ton of big plays, but they're like letting people stay in manageable stuff. And um, people are moving. People are moving the ball. They can't get off the field, kind of thing. I would be interested to see like what their. I don't know if you have the CFB graph stuff, but like I bet that their echo rate allowed stuff, like their quality drives allowed, I bet is is a pretty bad number. Yeah, I'm um, pulling that up. Um, and then their beta rank stuff does sort of back up the running defense specifically is not good. Um, I think it was like 110th in the the country. So I'm pulling up. I can't figure out if he was using UCF or Central Florida. Um, Technical difficulties here. Come on, Parker. UCF. Here we go. All right. So, yeah. So, what is glaring about this defense? Um, yeah. EPA per rush, 117th. I mean, that's not opponent adjusted, but that's pretty bad. Early downs EPA is 107th. That's bad. And then another big one, which is like a hidden killer in teams, is third and fourth down success. They're 117th in the country at third and fourth can't down success. Yep. So, yeah. Can't get off the field. Points per echo, you called it. Uh, they're 103rd. 4.1 points per quality drive. That's uh, that's not great. So what's the is? Do they have the echo rate on there? Echo rate. They're 43.3 percent. That's 88th in the country. Um, yep. So yeah, they're just bad situationally. I mean, like bad against the rush all the time. Bad situationally. Can't get off the field on a third or a fourth down. Can't stop you in the red zone. Um, only good thing they have is the field position, which isn't really a defensive stat. So. Um, you know, that's that's a good thing to highlight, though. West Virginia's got to get back to winning the, the the field position game. I mean, there were several several we instances where ass, yeah. Yeah, we were pinned. And, uh, yeah, that, that that is another key for us. Man, their offense, though, I mean, as much as uh, their defense is red, their offense is uh, light and dark blue, which is uh, good on CFB graph stuff. So, yeah, th- just for the contrary, their third and fourth down success on offense, ninth in the country. Uh, their EPA per rush, seventh in the country. So, Yep. Good rush offense, good conversion offense, bad rush defense, bad conversion defense. Yep. Good on bad, both sides of the ball. Um, yeah. Oh, take the over. Sixty points doesn't feel like very many. Um, I don't think I don't think either of us are gonna stop each other very often. Um no. maybe maybe a maybe a big time like a like a red zone efficiency kind of game, like who can uh, who can stuff it in, who's getting field goals kind of deal. 
Who can get um, three or four stops? I mean, like, you know. Yeah, shit. I mean, force a turnover. Classic um, Big 12 game. Plumley, uh, Plumley, Plumley's back, and what Plumley being back means is that that guy's going to – I mean, he makes big plays, but he puts the ball in harm's way uh, yep. a little Risk bit. Reward. So, so um, could be some plays. Hopefully, hey, if an interception falls in our lap, maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch it this week. See what happens. All right, don't get carried away. um how do you think i mean attacking this team um when we have the ball i mean the rush defense we 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 threw out the rush i mean is it like an established run thing or i i said this i forget to who this weekend um that i would describe our offense as the run and shoot offense at this point which is just like we're going to commit to the run and then we're going to burn you downfield like we're going to keep you honest keep the safeties up and then we're, that's like the offensive style. I feel like we're actually playing. We're not an air raid, whatever you want to call Neil's version of it. I feel like we're a run and shoot offense. Um, I think this is a get right on the ground kind of game. Um, CJ is a whole pick. Yeah, which is big. We've been missing him. I mean, you know, and I heard it explained too. It's not just like, oh, one guy's missing. It's like, well, a guy moves to the other side of the line. And then this, you know, we had a guy playing right guard now he's playing left guard blah 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 um yeah i think this is a get right on the game justin johnson jaheem white get right like somebody go for a buck 50 um you know that that could be what i'm looking for this game that would be a good recipe to success we 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 didn't talk about it enough in in the first little segment of the pod but yeah john johnson looks fan looked fantastic like i thought he was he ran about hard. Off, I thought he was about to be off the team. Yeah, he looked like a dude who was hungry for more carries, and that's what we need. And, you know, maybe it benefits everybody if start the game with him, start the game with Jaheim White, and then yep. and then bring in CJ and run CJ right at these motherfuckers, you know? A hungry running back um, room is always good when there's, like, three dudes who deserve carries. It's like, who is the hot hand and wants them the most right now? Yeah. And we and got really CJ reliant, and it has not paid off this far. So... And there's, dude, there's, there's a ton of stuff. I know I bitched about the tight ends. There's a, CJ was a tight end coming out of high school. There's a ton of stuff that you can do with him as a secondary running back in a formation, you know, with all the motion, all the pre-snap stuff that we do, put him in the backfield, then motion him out, start him out and motion him back. You can do all kinds of shit with him. If you're not trying to make him your lead back in some kind of outside zone offense. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, no, feels feels like a get right game there. Um, they've been, you know, like I said, they've been really good against the explosive passes. I think they lead the conference in fewest explosive passes. But again, when you're giving up 260 yards on the ground, who's really fucking throwing the ball on you? So, um, yeah, I, I would be shocked if we don't run it for for two bills plus, maybe a three bill plus kind of a game. Um, hopefully, pick and pick and choose our spots to take some shots because. God damn it, that's been so good to watch the last couple weeks. Um But yeah. yeah, I mean I mean I really I you know, the minus six and a half, I can't fault Vegas for for the lines, but the lines have been off all year. Um with everybody, they've moved a ton every single week in every game. Um I like the we over can, if, can, you, if you want to put money on it. I like. Do you want over. to put money? I like the over, and I I think we can score enough to stay with these guys and and play with them. I mean, they, you know, they, they, this is not a team that should run us off the field. It's still a fucking first year Power Five team. Um, yeah, you know, see what happens. Let's go win the thing. 
skip all right all right yeah hopefully hope, hopefully we're talking about a win this time next week. i was gonna say so if we're we're five and three we're five and three next sunday what are we what are we saying i mean like I think I think my just stance on the entire Neil situation is just like you get this season. There's no advantage to getting rid of a coach right now because we're not going to hire a dude immediately. We're just going to like throw commotion into the players, which can definitely leave the team and all that stuff. I think Neil gets to the end of the season unless like we lose the next like three or four. You know, like you just get to the end of the season. Uh, you better hope you get to seven, eight to be safe. It would uh, be safe. It would be safe. I think eight's safe because that's every game, but like probably Oklahoma the rest yeah. of the way. So like I, I just like must win is just such an overused thing. Like it's not a must win, but if you don't win this one, you pretty much have to win out. So you know, I just, I just think that that's the that's the view to look at it is like at the end of the year, you have to have so many wins, and you're really running out of games to get them now. Isn't it fucking crazy though that the way the Big Twelve is is like we totally could win four of the next five. Yeah. Um but but it just it just doesn't feel like that's possible right now. But you know, we could it do it. feel like we possible totally for Oklahoma State three weeks ago. I mean, this is just exactly what exactly. it is. Exactly. Beat them fucking Mickey Mouse Funhouse. Dude, Disney Community College, fuck these guys. Let's go beat them. Let's go. For real. Let's do it. All right. So um usual rundown you can find us on uh twitter or x or at west by pod with underscores uh i'm at wv stats guy he's at game day shorts you can find us on smokingmusket.com uh there's always some good articles or some cathartic articles uh that you can uh you can get into jordan writes his weekly uh preview which always a good read uh join the smoking musket discord if you're not in there already uh it was quite lively this week, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, there, was, there were, yeah, people were out and uh, had opinions. Um, they, they had opinions. If you want to keep up to date on West Virginia basketball and how much the NCAA hates us, you can listen to Unreasonable Doubt. Uh, that is a West Virginia basketball podcast. Josh does a really good job, and man, we're like under a week away from basketball. Do you see? Um, Do you see the battle thing? Yeah, the NCAA man, it's just. What so glad what they got this under re- control. What good reason could they possibly have? Well, to be honest, I think they looked in the fi- the files and you know, they saw that we weren't Kansas. So, you know, what else do you really need to see? Um I can't you know, wait for 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 Jose Perez to just be in the starting lineup for Arizona State uh week 1. Can't wait. Exactly. Can't wait. I mean, awesome. Can't- Kansas just drug out an investigation for like five or six years and got literally, well, not literally, but basically nothing. Um, and they're like, no, you can't play at West Virginia. Sorry. We don't want that. Yeah. It's NCA is great. love those guys. Um, always got our back. Stop ruining college sports. You C words. It's bad, man. It's, it's, Hey, we got the number one soccer team in the country. We kicked Marshall's ass last week. Good, huh? That was the best I felt in a couple weeks about about college sports. So that was when that fourth when that fourth goal went in. I uh, I did an airplane around my living room. So. <laughs> <laughs> soccer but, team's nasty. Hey, go get go get a Cincinnati. Go get a Cincinnati. Please. Yeah, that please. do you know how much that would do for my soul right now? Yeah. Like me and my buddies are talking. Um, credit to my other buddy Jeff. He's like, dude. 
Scar has Pride Rock right now. Scar has Pride Like, where's our Simba? Little Soccer Natty? That could be our Simba. Soccer State, man. Marshall W. Soccer State. Soccer Beep. State. Let's go. All right. As always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. All right. Take care, game. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.